0: welcome to another mother runner this is Sarah Bowen Shea I am joined in studio today by Molly Williams hello Molly good morning Sarah good to see you again you too we had a nice swim this morning didn't we we did and you were quite the sport because I had an 8 a.m. business call and so we had to get in the swim and the drive to and from beforehand. Yeah, it was a sport because you told me
1: 645. I'm like, okay, 645, I can do it. And you're like, I'll pick you up at 615. I'm like, oh.
0: And I didn't Trojan horseshoe. I told you the text originally said 645 in the water and it's about a 20-minute drive. Yeah, (laughs) I read it the way I wanted to read it, but it was lovely. It was, it was. There wasn't quite as much mist rising off the water as perhaps you wanted. No, there wasn't, Uh, but there wasn't too
1: much scum on the water either. Not too much. A little bit starting to form. Yeah, that is the
0: drag about, you know. Yeah, I wonder how much longer before it gets kind of too scuzzy. Did it ever get too scuzzy for you? it has in the past so this is like we think our fifth year of swimming uh-huh. in the pond up in Vancouver Washington and there last summer we did not have to take any break there have been summers when it just got too scuzzy
1: but i don't think there's ever been a health warning on that pond no can- i think there was
0: once okay and yeah and so um Tell people what is the health warning, because you know better than I do. Well, I
1: don't know. Was it E. coli, or I don't remember what it was there. I think that it's, because it's, it's it an was, algae?
0: Oh, I don't think it was the blue-green algae there. Oh, Maybe okay. it was. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, he, but that is
1: a problem, but...
0: Yeah, problem in the Pacific Northwest, blue-green algae, which is a toxin. It's a neurotoxin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. twitch twitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is why you should take a shower when you come home. I don't know <laughs> if that makes any difference, quite honestly, but that and those supposed mites that are in the water which we've never encountered
3: oh yeah that we
0: don't meet too many people uh, who swim there but there was that one dude who mentioned that i forgot that yeah yeah no
1: i just gotta look up water mites is that a real thing or is he making it up or does he have some condition i don't know maybe he thinks it's water mites
0: (laughs) i did today get um uh kind of a mouthful of water and i heard your words echoing in my ear of you saying like i think you better shower after today's (laughs) swim i am like i can't keep that in my mouth um, you made me laugh so hard The on Sunday when we were swimming we um, sort of inadvertently were in the same pot, spot in the pond and so we were like, hey, hey uh-huh. and I said, oh, I get so thirsty when I swim and you just looked you said, water, water everywhere because <laughs> <laughs> I love a good adage
1: <laughs> a little giardia never hurt well, okay, never yeah, mind, right, maybe it did
0: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and then you got a trip coming up yes where i doubt i'll be swimming um because we'll be on the oregon coast you're not going to swim in the ocean on the oregon coast (laughs) you could you could oh no Uh, that's really literally taking your life yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so maybe a pond right possibly yes so uh we're going to bandon oregon which is on the southern coast of oregon never been that far south uh avid golfers might know it because it has, um, kind of world famous golf courses yeah. mm-hmm. that are very expensive. So we will not be golfing. Um, but it's also, um, a really popular retirement destination is, mm-hmm. you know, place for retirees mm-hmm. to go live. So it has a year round, um, economy. And so a little bit more of a robust downtown than some of the Oregon coast towns do. So I'm super excited. We got a house through, um, the RBO and it's, Um, My husband, Jack, our dog, Augie, because we had to get a place that would take dogs. And then my twins, who just turned 15 last week, and one of their friends who's been in our bubble for quite a while. And so, and it's quite swanky and um, has Wi-Fi. And so, yeah. It's going to be nice. It's going to be very nice. And they
1: just released a movie that was filmed in Bandon I called
0: know. The Rental. I know and so I love that you in knew a that Rental <laughs> in Bandon <laughs> because the whole plot of the movie, which is the directorial debut of Dave Franco, um, and so it is about two couples who go it's a horror movie did we mention that and it's about two couples who go to away for a weekend in a rental house and kind uh-huh. of what happens so so I have told the kids about it even despite the New York Times panning it we will pay $6.99 on Amazon Prime for it and watch it while we're in Bandon in a rental house that'll be fun <laughs> it'll be very fun and um, gosh the coastline just looks so beautiful from pictures it has Haystack Rocks, which are um, you know kind of econ- iconic on the Oregon coast, and um, arches that have been worn away by waves and wind, I'm sure. And, and sea caves. Sea caves makes me a little short of breath and panicky to think about. You'll <laughs> be fine.
1: It'll be fun to explore. And it's supposed to be the Banana Belt, so yeah. they get a warmer current through there. So I mean, you probably don't want to swim, but you probably can get in the water. Oh, that's interesting. You might so, be able to boogie board or something down there. Wow, Check look that at out. that! I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also a lot to see. There's a lot of um, public art. There's a town south of there that has um, that pretty much most of the residents of the town help find and pick up um, you know debris on the beaches, and then they turn these you know reclaimed things into large art installations. Cool. Yeah, I mean, just the really cool what I've seen online so far. And then. Um, we are going to break up the break up the four hour drive. God forbid you drive for four hours straight. Um, go down to Eugene, eat at a restaurant we we really like, and then head west to go to Florence, Oregon which has massive sand dunes Mm -hmm. and we're gonna the kids not me going to rent snowboards and they're gonna you know sandboard oh yeah that's so much fun yeah and there is yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah the last time I was there was when we were in Florence was five years ago when I was recovering from my fractured ankle so yeah I'm I'm not going back there.
1: I, I just imagine the sand rash I would have from falling <laughs> off that
0: board. Or on your face, you're motioning at your body. And I'm imagining oh, yeah. like my face, would like you face totally my, yeah. um, yeah, that, that would, you know, make lines seem like good things on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and then because we will be on the coast, then we'll drive down highway one, which hugs the coastline and go right through Coos Bay, which is the hometown of legendary runner Steve Prefontaine. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I guess there's a mural that you can see when you're driving north on Highway 1. So my neighbor who grew up near there told me I need to turn around as we're driving out of town to see this massive pre-mural. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And you could also stop at the
1: Memorial in Eugene where his crash occurred. Oh, my goodness. Since you're going to be there as well, you could have a whole
0: Steve Prefontaine experience. Yeah. Maybe I need to find like a podcast or something about Prefontaine. I'm sure there is one. I'm Somewhere. sure there is one. Have you seen the two movies with Jared Leto?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: Maybe there's a movie <laughs> I need to
0: watch. <laughs> and then
1: there's another one. They're both they're both pretty good. You've seen both of them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. True Oregonian. Balls. Well, yeah. yeah. And of course, one of you know this, but one of my old clients was one of Steve Prefrontaine's, um suppliers. <laughs> They tactfully stated in Molly Eugene, the look the on day. your face
0: says it was not um supplying paper supplies it was not him. paper
1: supplies <laughs> it was it was health and wellness supplies
0: and he said he was a very nice guy which are guy. now legal yeah, yeah worked exactly. back then yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you have a veterinarian client who who has that background uh, only in Oregon mm-hmm. uh, so all right well as you Molly and listeners may or may not know this has been wor- breastfeeding week which a listener alerted us to so shout out to meg thank you so this episode we are diving into the topic of breastfeeding and running we're being joined by three guests one after another a lactation expert former elite runner and two-time mom tina muir then a regular mother runner who has two young kids or weigh-ins As they say on most shows that I've been enjoying on Acorn TV um, and in Dairy Girls, the show that we love. Oh, love that show. The Wayans. Uh, We'll be back after this break. Stay with us. Our first guest is Diane Spatz, PhD, professor of perinatal nursing at the University of Pennsylvania School of Nursing. Dr. Spatz is an active researcher, clinician, and educator internationally recognized for her work surrounding the use of human milk and breastfeeding, particularly in vulnerable populations. We're honored to have Dr. Spatz talk with us today. Thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you. It's exciting to be here during World Breastfeeding Week and National Breastfeeding Month.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, that is the reason for this. We're excited too. So I like a can-do message whenever it's realistic. So what's the number one piece of encouragement you would give to breastfeeding mother runners?
3: Absolutely. Uh, So I think for mothers who um, wish to breastfeed and want to continue to be active, um, the most important message is getting a good start to their lactation experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means preparing prenatally um, and really equipping themselves with lots of knowledge and then really focusing on their breastfeeding experience um, in the first hour after delivery, the first day, and really the first two weeks. Uh, because the first two weeks is critical to set a mother up to have a stellar breastfeeding experience for the rest of her time.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So what would be some elements then that would make you know, those two weeks be you know, prime for having a stellar experience.
3: Absolutely. So, if you are not aware, a mother actually begins to produce milk in her second trimester of pregnancy. So, from 16 weeks on, a mother is secreting colostrum, but the hormones of pregnancy prevent that milk from really being leaked out at all. Hmm. After she has the baby, that triggers the hormones to drop because the placenta is delivered, which tells her body she needs to go from practicing making milk to really performing. A newborn baby's stomach is very tiny. It's about the size of a marble. And so a newborn baby is going to breastfeed every one to three hours. And mothers will tell you that it feels like the baby is on the breast 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the beginning. And that's important because that's what's going to establish a nice, robust milk supply. So I tell families that I work with that their only job for the first two weeks as a new mother is to eat, sleep, and make milk for their baby and everyone else in the family should be doing everything else for that new mother.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good message to hear. Yeah, very good
1: message, yeah. Um, I had friends that that told me that too when I was a new mother, and just having somebody bring you a glass of water, you know, when you start to nurse, because you always get so thirsty. I thought that was really good advice, you know, just to be able to sit there with your baby and nurse them. I was lucky. I didn't have any trouble, but...
3: That's fantastic. Well, and also um, another thing, and and since we're in COVID times and people are at home more and socially distancing, you know, I tell mothers if they can be at home and be topless for the first Mm -hmm. two weeks, Mm -hmm. um, the more that the baby is skin to skin on the chest, the higher the prolactin levels and prolactin is the hormone that makes milk. So the more skin-to-skin contact and the more the baby's at the breast, the more robust the mother's milk supply is going to be.
1: Oh, yeah, that's great. The whole skin-to-skin thing, I seem to have missed that 20 years ago. I don't know if it was out there. You did the skin-to-skin thing.
0: I did. I, I uh, When I was in the hospital with the twins, I just, when I wasn't breastfeeding them, would sometimes just sit there and let them lay on my chest, you know, with them just wearing little diapers.
4: and.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I actually, I held my baby and I did the whole, you know, carrying them around thing, but like, I don't know, the skin-to-skin thing, somehow we missed it. But anywho, I had uh, three kids, breastfed them all, but I wasn't a runner back then, Um, I can't kind of imagine what it would be like being a runner with breastfeeding because, you know, my milkshakes bring all the boys to town. (laughs) I don't know. What advice do you have for women that are going to strap on a sports bra and go out there and run around?
3: So I – actually have worked with a lot of mothers who are athletes and runners and um the, the two are absolutely compatible. Um, I think that the biggest thing you have to think about is you do need to take some time off work. Um, or off running after you deliver. Um, And many runners also find it difficult to run in the third trimester. Mm. Um, You have a hormone that is released called relaxin, which actually, um, it it relaxes that uh, joint muscle and the pelvis so that the baby can be delivered. So some women find it very challenging to run um, in their third trimester of pregnancy. And then after delivering the uh, child, you definitely wanna get cleared by your health professional before you pick your running routine back up. But um, big key points to think about in terms of having a good breastfeeding and running relationship is first of all, thinking about nutrition. When Mm -hmm. you make milk for your child, you're burning an extra 500 calories per day. Mm -hmm. And so you want to think about making sure you're keeping yourself well nourished. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think about small, frequent meals. Um, I encourage my mothers to have high protein foods and snacks. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to remember to stay well hydrated. As you mentioned, you get thirsty when you breastfeed, you have a thirst response. Mm -hmm. And so keeping that bottle of water handy is always a great idea. Um, The way to know that you are well hydrated is to look at your urine or your pee. And Mm -hmm. if your urine is nice and pale and clear, that means you're getting enough water intake. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the actual running, um, you just want to make sure that you are breastfeeding or pumping before you go out for your run. Mm. Um, So you want to have your breasts as empty as possible before you go out on that nice long run. Um, So you can have the baby at breast. And then if if you're planning to do a particularly long run, besides breastfeeding, you could also pump after the breastfeeding session just to make sure your breasts are as empty as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and is that because of comfort um, to have them as empty as possible? Or is there some medical reason for it, or?
3: Sure, comfort as well as refill time, okay? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when you think about it, uh, if you look at how babies breastfeed, there's really interesting research that shows that babies actually don't take all the milk out of the breast. When they breastfeed, they leave available milk behind. So babies will breastfeed until they get full and then they'll just fall off the breast and they'll go to sleep and they have that beautiful milk drunk look that they get.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but there is some milk still left behind. And so if a mother has um, electric breast pump and she can pump both her breasts at the same time, she'll get out any residual milk. So she could pump for um, whatever amount of time until she doesn't see any more jetting of milk. And then she would go for an extra two minutes. And that way her breasts would be as dry as they possibly can. Hmm. Then you think about refill time. So as soon as the breast gets emptied, milk begins to be synthesized or secreted. But it's going to take a little bit of time for those breasts to refill. So the more empty her breasts are at the start of the run, the more comfortable that she's going to be during her entire run.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, Sort of like the way I like to, you know, get, get your phone battery all the way empty before you recharge it all the way to 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then your baby can sleep too, because you just fed him. Yes. Absolutely.
0: So, so hopefully a little bit easier on the caregiver who's taking care of the baby. So, so I trained for my third marathon when my older daughter was a baby. I ran the race when she was 14 months old. And so I vividly remember breastfeeding immediately after walking in the door. You know, I would just strip off my shirt and my, my sweaty sports bra and just sit there naked from the waist up covered in salty sweat. Um, so one, you know, I know, um, I don't know if people still think it, but people are like, Oh, your baby's not going to want to drink after you've worked out because will the milk will taste funny. And I, I never saw any of that with, and then I had twins and I breastfed them. I never saw any of that. So you know, can you maybe dispel that myth and then also kind of talk about, um, if, if like kind of just scheduling it around workouts?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I've actually heard that myth too, um, Mm -hmm. that the babies won't like the taste of the milk because of the lactic acid, but Mm -hmm. that is just a myth. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's no research, um, to base that, Um, but the babies I'm sure are gonna be hungry as soon as you finish, especially if you're training for a marathon. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's been some great images of uh, runners breastfeeding even during marathon sessions. Um, So I've seen women breastfeeding as they're running. Um, So absolutely. Um, the baby can breastfeed either during um, a running session or immediately after. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's absolutely appropriate to do. Um, And I think, you know, in terms of, of your timing and your training, it really is going to be dependent upon you know, what type of race you're training for, whether it's a half marathon, a marathon, um, how old your baby is. Um, So, you know, it would be a lot easier to train, for example, for a marathon if your baby was over six months of age Mm -hmm. and breastfeeding and eating solid foods as well, versus um, a two-month-old baby who would probably still be breastfeeding over eight times a day that's going to make your training schedule a little bit more challenging.
0: Sure.
1: Yeah. 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 So uh, any advice on sports bras, um, you know, fit, I don't know. Do do they make nursing sports bras? Uh, is there a myth that the underwire or too tight bra can cause problems for a lactating woman?
3: Yeah. So the underwire bras, I'm not, I am not too much a fan of because those wires dig in. And I don't know if you know women who wear underwire bras regularly, even not breastfeeding, but underwire bras are pretty uncomfortable. They, they yeah, the it's the only
1: really thing cool. that will keep my breasts up, and I absolutely hate them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but they're uncomfortable. And oh, so yeah. If you're a breastfeeding mom and you have those wires digging into your chest, You know, when you think about um, your milk-making cells, they actually can go all the way back into your armpit area, your axilla. And so Mm -hmm. if moms have a too tight of a bra or an underwire bra, they can actually um, cause plugs to happen and they can get plugged ducts. And then if you're not getting the milk moving, if you have milk stasis, then that could set a mom up to getting a mastitis and no one wants to have a mastitis for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think that they need to have a special running bra, you know, that's a nursing running bra. I just would recommend, you know, a nice um, supportive soft cut bra and okay. one that really is encompassing, um, you know, that whole chest wall area. Um, you know, so many women, um, wear, you know, bras that are too small and, um, or too tight. And so I would just recommend that they look for, um you know, a bra that, that is nice and supportive, um, a running bra that's nice and supportive and that is, that they really feel like all of their breast tissue is being held in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Just shopping for that with a new baby is going to be lots of fun. Imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough to find a bra when you're one size, but when you're nursing, you know, and your breasts are going up and down and sideways and you've got a new baby you got to take along to the mall or I don't know, I, Bras are tough, aren't they?
3: I think they're very tough. And I usually tell moms, um, like when they're pregnant, a lot of mothers want to prepare and like buy lots of bras in advance or buy, you know, fancy nursing bras. I actually tell them buy one and make sure you like it first, Um, you know, because you don't want to spend all this money. They're also very expensive, right? So don't spend all this money until you find something that works for you.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. That's good advice. Uh, one more
1: question about uh, the blockage and stuff. There's Is that wives' tale or whatever about putting cabbage leaves on your breasts when they're gorged? Do you know that?
3: So cabbage leaves, um, people will actually use when they want to suppress lactation. Oh. So if a mom, for some reason, did not want to breastfeed, um, practitioners will say to take a head of cabbage, cut it in half put the cabbage in the freezer Mm -hmm. and then take the frozen cabbage leaves and mold them around the breast. Um, And so, you know, that would be if moms were choosing not to breastfeed or they didn't want to make milk. For for a breastfeeding mom, I would much rather her think about um, three things when you're talking about getting milk moving. Warmth. Okay, so a warm compress or a warm shower or a warm tub bath. Massage, so massaging the breast, um, especially if there was a plugged area, massaging over that area. And then compression and getting the milk out. So warmth, massage, and compression to get the milk moving.
0: Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because I um, remember running when I had a... um, plot uh blocked duct it seemed like and oh that was really just each step was excruciating
1: they hurt i've had that yeah Mm -hmm.
0: yeah oh my goodness um all right well thank you so much for joining us diane this was really enlightening we appreciate it yeah
3: thanks diane it was absolutely my pleasure thank you bye-bye
0: next up is a return guest and popular podcaster on her own tina muir is a former elite runner and host of the running for real podcast after struggling to conceive, Tina is now the mother of two daughters. One of whom was born early on in the pandemic. As she is with everything, Tina is very real in detailing motherhood, motherhood, including breastfeeding. So I knew I wanted to have Tina on our show again, and this was the perfect opportunity. So thanks for coming back, Tina.
4: Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, it's I'm surprised you didn't mention your um your your premonition and your idea to to, to bring me on here when oh, yes. you seem to time it perfectly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. That's when you were talking about your
4: uh, infertility and I was like, yep, you're good. I know it's going to happen for you. So. Oh, I was referring to recently when you said about this, you said about breastfeeding, oh. you were looking for someone and then you saw a picture of me doing it. So yeah. I feel like maybe you've got a future in like fortune telling
0: right. I'll hang my shingle out it'll be my my next career
1: yeah there you go. well she just had a dream about chasing somebody up a snow-covered hill so let's hope it's not fortune telling <laughs> I don't know
4: yeah that might be a bit, a bit concerning
1: well uh welcome Tina so tell us about Thank your you. kids how old are they you've got a, a newborn
4: huh yeah. I have a, a two month old who actually was on my chest until about two minutes ago. Aww. I was going to try and record with her on there cause she was asleep, mm. but then I got paranoid that she was going to, you know, Aww. I don't know if anyone has ever recorded or maybe even had a phone call with a baby on, uh, on them. And then sometimes your voice just saying, hello, it like spot, spark- like <laughs> shocks them awake. And I was like, that's not what I want. So I panicked and threw her at my husband basically. But yeah, but yeah, I have a two month old and a two year old. Um, so yeah, they're both very young Aww. and I do feel bad for my husband right now having to put one down for a nap while the other one is on his chest but he'll handle it <laughs> he'll manage
0: he'll manage yeah. yeah
4: so tina where's your
0: running right now we know you won the 2019 walt disney world half marathon so not too mm-hmm. long before you got pregnant with chloe but but where are you right now with a two-month-old
4: yeah um i continued to kind of just test things out with the rest of that year uh until i did uh, get pregnant again mm-hmm. but just kind of exploring and and i did like some mile races and i did just random 5k's and I was actually thinking about doing some kind of trailer stuff or just some interesting stuff but we did know we wanted to have another child pretty close to Chloe or I mean to Bailey mm-hmm. or as close as we could. And so I was aware that it was not never going to be a, a comeback year or a year to prove anything. Uh, but then once I did get pregnant, I kind of did what I could, uh, with a lot more freedom this time mentally. Uh, I'm sure you've talked about this, but it's, it's very strange. Um, with how pregnancy affects your body. And I found it really hard the first time around to get out of the mindset of I had to do an hour Mm. to make it worthwhile. Mm. So I really kind of last time around was like, I've got to do an hour every day, even if it was run walk, I didn't care. Mm. Whereas this time it was kind of like, you know what, I don't feel like going today. I'm not, or um, this didn't feel right. So I'm just going to rest. And so I was a lot more kind to myself this time around. And uh, I appreciated that about myself, and towards the end, I just did walks, and I actually really enjoyed being out there walking, especially as it's humid here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd see the other runners, you know, with their red faces of, like, <laughs> and like sweating and really struggling to breathe in the humidity, and I kind of enjoyed seeing that and thinking, like, you know, what I'm quite comfortable right now. Uh, so then, I ended up taking two months off total, including the postpartum time off, and. Uh, about two and a half months, I think, actually. And then I started running around the usual, I think it was five and a half weeks. Mm. And now I'm kind of experimenting. I don't have any plans. Um, I'd like to do, like I said before, some trail running, but um, right now I'm kind of letting it come to me and you know, with no races on the agenda for anyone, or very few people, it's uh, kind of nice to be able to just kind of let my body uh, heal as it wants to. Mm
1: -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So last month you Instagrammed a photo of you breastfeeding Chloe and the start of the caption read, the reality of a breastfeeding mum. Without giving it all away, tell us a bit what your reality is as a breastfeeding mum.
4: I like that you said, said the mum part as well, (laughs) not mom, because I just can't bring myself to call myself a mum. But um, (laughs) yeah, I, I, I wanted to put that out there because, um, It kind of is. I mean, I heard you talking uh, for the first part of this episode about, um, you know, the baby being hungry when you return from your run. And that kind of is it. Uh, Everyone is very aware that the mother is totally dictated by uh, the the newborn, the child um, in those first few months. And that kind of is how it is. And um, you just try and sneak it in whenever you can. And so for me, that meant um, getting up early. And thankfully, I do have a good sleeper so I can do that but getting up early and then coming back. And unfortunately for my husband, she had woken up uh, about two minutes after I left the house and <laughs> to wait 45 minutes with her kind of getting more and more angry uh, and wanting, wanting a feed. And um, you know, babies don't care if you're sweating. So <laughs> immediately when I walked in the door, pretty much put a towel behind me, uh, put a towel next to me to wipe the sweat away and then just sat down and fed her because, um, yeah, she doesn't care about anything really, except for getting what she wants, which is uh, some breast milk. So yeah, that's kind of the reality I'm living in. And um, most days she doesn't wake up that early, but that's kind of the the risk you take, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and is that the agreement you have with your husband that he will not text you? Know, I mean, I guess some some partners might have texted him and been like, you got to come home. She's up. She's crying.
4: <laughs> well, he does track me. Not in a huh. in a creepy way but we both had that find my oh, yeah. friend app thing mm-hmm. so um he can see where I am but that day I had not taken my phone oh. um, <laughs> so he had no idea where I was but uh <laughs> I don't think he would have done that anyway just because yeah he he's a runner himself and knows how important it is to have that time mm-hmm. uh to, to yourself and um a mother already has enough kind of ties to the child anyway to to give them that little bit of time where they can just be free is, is important, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you let him give her a bottle or do you have him wait so that she's ready to eat when you come home?
4: Um, we do give one bottle a day where I, I pump just because uh, we did that with my first daughter, Bailey. And uh, we found it worked quite well for bonding, just giving time where mm-hmm. they can spend some time together. So we do do that once a day and we might rotate it. It kind of depends on when she wakes in the night. So we don't have like a set schedule. Um, Like this morning, she woke at um, at 4.20, I think. And so uh, I just fed her then. And then um, we did a bottle the next time around. But then had she woken earlier in the night, we might do a bottle, Earlier in the morning, so uh, it really depends. Mm-hmm.
1: In the few times I would leave my babies when they were little and my husband had them, you know, he would if they started crying, he'd put his pinky finger in their mouth, you know, to have mm-hmm. them suck Try on that. I'm that. sure everybody does that, you know. So I'd come home, you know, he's holding the baby finger in the mouth. So I'm so glad you're home. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, <laughs> <laughs> held out as long as we could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the worst thing would be like if he did give them a bottle and like I'm ready to feed and then they're not ready to feed. I'm like yeah. ah, now you know you could pump it all, of course but there's nothing more lovely than feeding your baby
4: right although I don't know if, if for me I've had a lot of um I have a I mean I don't know if you if this is something you intend to talk about but I have an overactive letdown so it comes out so fast and mm. sprays her in the face even <laughs> even if she's not get on it quick enough so um yep. a lot of the time it's actually quite stressful for me in the first few minutes trying to like you know, get her to where she can actually not drown. In
1: oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had the same thing. And, it, and then the opposite breast would be so bad. I had to take a kitchen towel and stick it in my bra to like soak up all the milk that was coming out. Or then eventually, I actually, I took an ice cube tray. I did. Stop, I did. And I held it under, it under, it under the other breast to cr- cr- collect the milk and then I could freeze them you Know <laughs> and put them in the bag, wow. I because I, yeah, it was like it was all over the place. And one time I was at work and I let down and it just like I soaked everything. <laughs> did you have an ice cube tray with you? Well, no, I tray with.
4: I never, did, and never I had, without Molly. And I, didn't have,
1: tray. I didn't have a clean shirt, I didn't have anything. I had to borrow somebody's smock. I mean, it was it was a whole nightmare. And that was like, I mean, this 20 years ago, and you know, 20 years ago, things weren't terrible but they weren't as good as they are now and like to like get a break to to pump was not really something you did so you know I'd have to like run in the bathroom when I had some appointment a slow appointment or something like that and try to like get it all out you know there was no anyway Ugh. times are better now but I yeah. hear you on the on the lactation you know those little uh, pads you put in your bra to collect the milk yeah, I just laughed at those. <laughs> those little discs. Like, in it's like a, Put pa- diapers a panty down in liner yeah, instead of yeah. a full <laughs> bath. <laughs> anyway. Oh, where are we? You're oh, up.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, I'm going to okay. stop laughing. And wait. All right.
1: So, um given how much women runners rely on your candid in the trenches advice on a variety of topics, what type of encouragement or insight do you give to new mother runners who might be struggling with returning to running while trying to breastfeed their baby?
4: I mean, I think the biggest thing uh, that I can think of is the sports bra situation. I mean, Mm. it doesn't, even if you don't have um, particularly large breasts, they're going to be a lot bigger than you're used to. I mean, even people who have, um, you know, a or a cup or even smaller, are now going to be having a size that they're not used to and not having used to having any movement. And all of a sudden you've got movement, uh, with my first daughter, I went from like a, a C to a dub, uh, to an E. And oh so for me, that was just, you know, running, even, even with the best sports bras in the market still weren't, um, wasn't ideal. And I think that's the biggest thing, uh, when it comes to negotiating, how how are you going to run with that and just um as you said about um when you've been on a run there's all that time that they're filling up so they're getting heavier as you go um so I think finding a good sports bra I think was is definitely the biggest thing I would I would say and and paying for it unfortunately Mm -hmm. you know getting a good sports bra is expensive but Mm -hmm. those you know target sports bras or the you know the the cheaper ones that you may be able to get away with and other times mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to to do it mm-hmm. uh during this period of life and it and it is annoying having to pay money for something that you know you're probably going to use for half a year mm-hmm. um and they're constantly changing i remember um speaking to someone at brooks once and she said i think she said something about a woman a woman's breast size changes think it was 20 or so times yeah. like she goes through 20 or so sizes throughout the kind of um going up and going down of getting pregnant and uh breastfeeding um wow. quite on that. I can't remember exactly but it was a ridiculous amount of sizes that a woman changes through
2: mm-hmm. so
4: um it is a tricky situation but uh you know you can always pass those bras on to friends to use mm-hmm. and um so that's the number one thing I would say. The number two thing I'd say is uh, the calories, making sure you're eating enough. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly with my background of not having a period, I'm very, very aware of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also on the other end of that, um, it's okay if you are ravenous. I think a lot of people uh, think that, hear that you know myth of the, the pounds just fall off if you're breastfeeding. And then when people think they add running in there, they just assume oh, I'm going to lose this weight like that. Mm-hmm. But I found that I was so, and this time too, I'm so hungry all the time mm-hmm. that I actually am not even losing weight, but I maybe even am gaining weight because I'm just so hungry. So to give yourself grace with that, if you are really hungry all the time. Uh, and then thirdly, the, the hydration thing, particularly in the summer, uh, we lose, you know, you're always thirsty anyway while breastfeeding, but, um, uh, once you add in the running and the sweating and the humidity, it's hard to uh, get enough water in. And I quite often wake, find myself waking up in the night, just like I could I could drink a whole bottle of water just in, in 10 seconds. So mm-hmm. staying hydrated is, a, is another thing I think I'd add.
0: Hearing you talk about that, it's are just reminding me of things that I just haven't thought about in so many years, Ugh. being so hungry. Oh, so hungry. Oh my gosh. Just like anything. Just, uh, oh my gosh. And then, like you say, just being so parched. Mm -hmm. And um, I always start each breastfeeding session by drinking a huge um, cup of water, which doesn't sound, but they give you those um, huge plastic cups at our hospital. With the straws. With the straws, which, I mean, are going to be, you know, they're never going to degrade in a landfill. They're going right up a turtle's nose. (laughs) Exactly, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put this thing to good use and yeah. just glug 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 before I would drink and that For me, that would help with my letdown as well. so yeah. um, so you know as a as a former elite runner Tina, you know, I'm thinking maybe you know some next level things about nutrition or hydration, like are there any kind of food choices you make like high protein snacks or things that kind of really hit that? that, you know, quell that ravenous feeling? Do you have any secrets like that?
4: Um, well, I think, I think the key is, is, is when you can. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that we haven't mentioned with, um, with having kids, especially more than one is it's easy to neglect yourself to say, I just don't have the time right now. Uh, but, you know, it's okay for it to be just little things here and there I quite often grab a handful of nuts just uh walking past because that's something I can quickly Mm -hmm. shove in my mouth and chew down while I'm doing something else um but then also I think uh making I I like to make sure that that uh evening meal uh for me is is full of as much nutritional and nourishing foods as I can Mm. Uh, although it's difficult to try and cook when you're um when you are trying to juggle this, I found that that was a way to connect to my kind of old life and a way Mm. to feel a bit more normal was to have that time to cook a meal and, uh, make sure that it's got lots of, you know, high quality things, having things like salmon and sweet potatoes that are going to help with recovery of not just the running, but the repairing of, you know, the internal damage that you've done. Mm -hmm. Um, so I tried to make sure of that because for me breakfast in particular, I'm not that great at getting foods in right now just because the morning has a lot of things going on mm-hmm. um, and then I yeah I, I think mostly for me it's, it's not really kind of probably what you're after but I think the biggest thing that I would probably tell women is more just give yourself a break like I find myself that nasty voice that we all have saying to me you're supposed to be eating healthy you want to be you know um getting your body to a a good place not not so much like fit and lean but just kind of like a healthy place how is your body going to do that when you're reaching for the snacks uh, the chips and the and the candy and stuff but sometimes it's okay to do that uh, during a stressful period of your life so i think i would say the biggest thing is kind of the opposite which is to give yourself some kindness and by all means if you can eat those foods that are nourishing and you can get like a takeout salad if you can't make it for yourself or getting things that having a smoothie, that's another thing I like to do quite a lot is Mm. packing a smoothie with like kale and spinach um, and then whatever fruits and vegetables and some milk to, Mm -hmm. to make it you get some calcium in. So I like to do that. And then finally generation, you can, I'm a big fan of them with the, their bars, I just go through them like crazy. Mm-hmm. They're nice and easy to grab when I can't grab anything else.
0: Nice, nice. Great. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Tina, and um, we just love seeing pictures of you and the babe, um, yes. mom and babe, on the on your Instagram. So thank you for sharing those and your thank time you. today. All right, take good care.
4: Bye. Thank you, see. You
0: to round out our conversation, I want to hear from a quote-unquote regular mother runner. She is Megan Carney, a mom of two and a financial analyst for Parks and Recreation in Arlington, Virginia. Megan is a trail runner and a triathlete who quote unquote dabbles in bike
2: racing. Welcome, Megan. Hi, good morning. Mm-hmm. Hi, Megan. What are the ages of your kiddos? Um, I have a just over two, a 26 month old and a almost a five month old, a four and a half month old. Oh,
0: had a little one.
1: Yeah. So you had your second baby right at the beginning of the COVID stuff.
2: Yeah. She, uh, she was born March 12th. So it was, it was we went into the hospital, everything was normal and we came out under lockdown orders. So it was oh, a good start.
1: Were your parents able to visit or was that a problem for you?
2: Uh, my mom and my sister were here taking care of my toddler when we came home from the hospital. And then unfortunately we didn't see him again for a few months. Oh. Uh, but was it, hard? It, it, it became a blessing. The first two weeks was very emotional. You felt like the world was just cut off from you. Yeah. Uh, but then it became this real blessing because we didn't have to worry about childcare because I was on <laughs> leave anyway. And really upped the parenting game with the help of some Amazon orders, figuring out know, how to take care of the toddler with the newborn. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that's good for you. That could be a stressful time. It's nice to have help around and you didn't have
2: it, but Sounds like My husband—he work. was working upstairs, and he had this rule that if he heard two of the three of us crying, he should probably come down. <laughs> That's
1: a good rule. One, one, okay. Two, think about it. Three, time to head on down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: three, there's a major problem.
1: <laughs> so, tell us about your running background, including where you are now, just these few months postpartum.
2: Yeah, so I started running as just that all multi-sport athlete when I was just a, an elementary school kid. I didn't, and I didn't realize that running was its own sport until I joined high school cross country. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> you can like, just do this as its own thing. But I was also like a really, really big basketball player. And so I've always just run, I, I started triathlons back in high school, which was 20 wow. oh, some years ago. Wow. And, and uh, a yeah, very early days of the triathlon world. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I started just kind of kept running the whole way through triathlon was my attempt at first to kind of ease the pressure off my knees Um, And I just, I love staying in shape. I love all the teams you can join. I'm a member of many happy miles now. I just, I love joining teams in the, you know, the collaborative and the the social aspect of it. And recently uh, I've really enjoyed trail running. Um, If I had the time slash I didn't have the children, I'd probably be doing more mountain biking, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, But now in the, if I could, if races existed, I would be hitting the trails now. I I was very lucky with my, both my pregnancies, I was able to run up until about 36 weeks and still able to stay active, but the running just couldn't happen then. Mm -hmm. And I was able to start running again six weeks after, of course, like time permitting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when we first connected about you being a guest on this episode, Mm -hmm. you told me you would breastfeed your older child in the car before and after (laughs) races. So, so take us back to those days, remind us what it's like to be at a race and, crouched in the back seat of your car, or the front seat of your car.
2: Oh, the days, the days that we could race. Um, so yeah, so what I, I, again, we, there's this great trail riding series where I live that is very low key and you can run five or 10 miles and we would just go and my husband would take the kid, but I knew I I always have to like, I wanted to top the baby off because you Mm. never want to leave your partner with a hangry child. (laughs) (laughs) especially, and I didn't want to pump. I hate pumping. Mm. Uh, I think many working women would agree and, and even women who have to pump, um, as an alternative. So to pump, to give my husband a bottle was just like, no, I'm not going to do it. I already have to pump like a thousand times for work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would, I would literally just lift up my sports bra on the car, <laughs> shove the baby on and then put him back down. And I, <laughs> I, I hate, I'll, I hate to tell him this later, but I did it after races too. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry buddy but he didn't seem to mind he's very he's very robust healthy child so he didn't seem to mind that I was a little sweaty
0: oh but it's all a part of mom I mean I just think you know you just think back to a baby and they just love every single essence of you so like yeah yeah so what it's part of mom it smells like mom this is all good Mm -hmm. yeah
2: He just wants to eat. He's an 80 to 90% kid in in terms of his weight. So he was just like, I just want to eat. I don't care what it's like today.
1: (laughs) So given that you were training and doing races while your older child was still breastfeeding, I imagine you have some good advice about staying nourished and hydrated to produce milk. What were your tricks?
2: Yeah. So my, I get, I heard you at the last last speaker, like I get incredibly thirsty, like the minute um, I'm (laughs) about to have a letdown. And I'm sitting here beside my empty water bottle, which is 32 ounces. And then I realized I had opened my toddler sippy cup and was <laughs> chugging his water. <laughs> and I, I was pumping right before this, this podcast. So I get incredibly thirsty, um, when I'm, when I'm breastfeeding. So staying hydrated is, is oddly not a problem for me. Mm. Um, it's the, the annoying part on the other side of that is the constant having to go to the bathroom every mm-hmm. time I up I have to you know but that's just you know the running world is forgiving of all that kind of things so uh so in races you know the the, the typical postpartum issues with running and being extremely hydrated you know just bring a change of clothes and carry on
0: So <laughs> it took me a moment to realize where you were going with that and I see that I'm thinking perhaps you always wear black bottoms is that what we're talking oh, yeah. about <laughs> <just want> yeah my- <laughs>
2: One time I changed my shorts so fast before the husband and the baby even got to me. He's like, how did you do that? I was like, this is what women do. <laughs>
0: oh, that's awesome. So now that you have a young baby again, tell us how you quote unquote manage feedings with working out and working. I realize it's um, you know a little more free form because your boss isn't right there breathing down your neck or, <laughs> or maybe you're the boss. And so you're not having to breathe down people's necks, but You know, like, do you wait for your daughter to wake up naturally to feed her, then head out the door to get in a few miles? Um, You know, it's just, there's just not any predictability, as we know, with a new baby. So how are you managing it all?
2: In my perfect world, when Mm -hmm. the baby wakes up in the early hours, I then gently lay her down, (laughs) go for a run. Are the birds twittering at this point? (laughs) Yeah, the sun is coming up. I can socially distance because no one's around shower before my toddler wakes up. And then of course, you know, when they go to bed, do yoga and read books, (laughs) not being the perfect world. I haven't, you know, my daughter woke up at four this morning. I nursed her and I was like, should I go out now? Is that even safe right now? I'm in a semi-urban, semi-suburban area. Um, It's nice there'll be no people around or should I get like that extra hour of sleep because she's been waking up every two hours. So, um, Right now, uh, my children thankfully are, are brilliant at going to bed. So mm-hmm. I have every evening after seven o'clock, um, I either like finish up work or then I can go for my run. Um, oh. So, yes. Yeah, so- so as long as I can keep that motivation up for seven o'clock and my husband and I try to keep each other motivated, he likes to bike on a trainer, which is great because that means he's here so I can leave. Mm-hmm, nice. As long as it's not too hot, um, I do try to get it in in the evenings as best as possible. And then the weekends, um, I, I never wanted to be the stroller mom. I always told myself, I was like, no, when I have kids, I will make that time for myself. Like what's 45 minutes, right? I didn't mm-hmm. get it. I did not get it. <laughs> And, but when I had my son, it it was easy. You know, it's just one kid. I can leave. He obviously, you know, leaving him with his dad wasn't even a thing. I can go and get my 45 minutes in an hour here, go meet my sister for a trail run in the park. Uh, it's the second kid has provided a bit of more of a scheduling challenge and, uh, <laughs> And I find that now I'm looking forward to the, the stroller running on the weekends with my son. It's our, it's our only one-on-one time. So oh, that's nice. Um, and I have to wait for my daughter to wake up because mm. she likes to sleep in the morning hours and not in the night hours. Mm. So I'll wait for her to wake up, grab her, feed her, and literally hand her to dad.
4: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Good deal. And so did you end up running at four in the morning? Uh, not this morning. I did. No, also, was um, I have, though, I have. Mm-hmm. And I, I take my dog to pretend that that's some kind of like safety measure. But, yeah. I think all the but, criminals go home at three. <laughs> they get right? tired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One time when I was running, running after nursing at like fourth, I think it was like four 30, I did see this man just passed out on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and I'm not in that urban environment. I was like, huh, I wonder if I should do something about that.
3: Mm -hmm. So I I
2: did wake him up and help him scoot on his way.
3: Oh, that's
0: thoughtful of you. See, here if we did that in Portland, we'd be
3: we'd never get anywhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we shouldn't laugh. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There's always this fear, right, that I'm going to come home to like a screaming child. And Mm -hmm. my mom was visiting this weekend, and you know, put the baby down for the nap, and she said, "You should go for your run now." And it was 100 degrees, 90 percent humidity, (laughs) like. This is my chance. this is my chance I'm going to do it I'm too tired to go to tonight, so I did. I went outside and I came home and, and my mom is hushing my my crying child and I took her sweating and upstairs and put her back down to sleep. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. I can't believe you went out when it was 190% humidity. That is badass. Yeah. Way to go.
1: Unless your mom's trying yeah. to kill you. But
2: then maybe she <laughs> thought better of
0: it after
1: the kids were crying. Oh,
2: I'm glad yeah. she survived. No, no. She, she knows how important it is. I mean, once you're, once you're, get that used to that, you know, you're used to that running. Yeah. You You got it. Something is better than nothing before having kids. I would have never thought 30 minutes was a workout. Like, oh, why bother changing clothes? Yeah. And now it's like, oh, that was awesome. I got a whole 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, that's great. (laughs) And
2: you're doing something for yourself. The best
1: advice I got when I had uh, kids was lower your standards. And I'm like, in what? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, exercise, nutrition,
2: hygiene, (laughs) romance,
1: just cross board, (laughs) just
2: lower them. Yeah, on days I don't run, I say like breastfeeding is like 500 calories, right? Does that? Yeah. count? I'm counting it today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that 500 calories is right, but that's that's like the rumor that goes around all the the websites. Does about uh, five miles? First, I'm like, 500 calories.
0: Our first guest said about five. You need about 500 extra calories a day. So.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you probably have some big boobs these days, huh? Yeah.
2: And what are you doing for bras? So I, people ask me this all the time when they, they know that I'm running and working out Mm -hmm. and I, I use my regular ones, you know, I, have had to change the sizes and I continue to have to change the sizes on them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, there's no good nursing sports bra. It's not worth it. I prefer the comfort of my own regular, uh, sports bra that I know fits me. And then if I have to nurse, like, you know, I'll just, I'll just lift it up, Mm -hmm. like, I, I like, I think Brooks I tried, I think Brooks makes like a, a sports bra that can pull down and that just, that just didn't fit me. Right. So, so I use what the same, you know, I think they like, I have a whole mix of them. Of I think mostly Nike bras that just, they just fit me well pre-pregnancy. So I just sized them up. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just not worth it to try to find it, make a nursing bra fit a sports bra. Just not, mm-hmm. it's not the same for running.
1: You don't do underwires?
2: No. Mm-mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The previous mm-hmm. guest was saying how they pinch and they hurt.
2: And I would agree with that. So mm-hmm. good for you. I think yeah. one person on, on the, the website said it was like, just double them up. So I, I would mm-hmm. take that, that woman's advice too. Um, before I would try to like find some kind of nursing bra mm-hmm. contraption that would fit. Um, they're starting to make them though. I have noticed in between two pregnancies that they're, they're getting better. They're realizing that, you know, postpartum women are active. So yeah. it yeah, seems but- like more products are coming.
0: It is true. That is true, but I just, I personally never saw the need for a nursing bra because, like you said, I mean, when I would get home, I would just strip down naked, yeah. you know, or, you know, from the waist up, and, you know, before I would go out, I would be the same thing, so, um, I mean, I realized, yeah, I guess if I were to stop, if I was pushing a stroller, I would probably just push my bra up or something, or maybe get one of those front zip ones, um, oh, so, Yeah. 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 My, my philosophy is people are always more embarrassed to see what you're showing than, than you are to show it. So,
1: you know, (laughs) once once you get the baby on the breast, you can't see anything anyway. Right. Exactly.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: It's not that interesting to see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i mean if i saw a woman with a stroller who just stopped in the park to to breastfeed i mean that that woman you need to high five her right, right.
0: <laughs> go over and offer her some some fresh water or something like that not from yeah. a sippy cup perhaps but
2: uh, <laughs> yeah the sippy cup i'm finding doesn't hold too much <laughs> right
0: <laughs> where are the where are the other 30 ounces come on um so, all right, Megan, any parting words of wisdom, you know, some been there, done that advice for pregnant or breastfeeding mother
2: runners? Um, so I think what has been really, really helpful for me is like the support of your partner. Mm. Uh, my husband knows that my, my workout has to take priority in our house mm-hmm. um, for my mental health, but also because I do have to time it with the nursing. I mean, I saw a website that showed like the, the stress of a, a, a breastfeeding, working mom, and it's, you know, you're, you're pumping all day, you're nursing all evening, morning and night. And so he knows that if I have an opportunity to get a workout in, then he's got the kids or he's going to do something else while, while I do that. And he's got to kind of work around, work around mm-hmm. my schedule. And think that he knew that going into it. So that's, that's really helpful if you're, if you can get your partner on board to, to kind of understand that you're committed to the breastfeeding. So therefore like you're on more of a, a time restriction than, they will ever know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because there's also with with actually a um, the baby being right there, it's different than when you're pumping. Like if you were in an office, you know, you can always be like, oh, I'll just pump after this phone call or after I finish this yeah. spreadsheet. And if it's a squawking baby, it's like, no, 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 now. Everything has to stop now. And it's time to feed the baby now.
2: Yes. So. I've literally made dinner while holding her. Like. <laughs> Nurse. You only do that for your second. I would have never done that for my first For the first you're in the, you're on the couch with your feet up and water and snacks. And for the second, it's just like. What? Okay. Oh,
0: What's a little splattered tomato sauce on their head? It's all good.
2: <laughs> the dog will lick it up. Right?
0: Oh, my goodness. Oh, Megan, you have been great. Thank you so much. Yeah,
2: thanks. Thank
0: you. Take good care. I really appreciate it. You too. All right. If you're looking for a supportive community where you can get answers for your questions about things like breastfeeding and running or any other running related concerns, be sure to like our Facebook page, which is, you guessed it, called Another Mother Runner. No question is Too Basic or TMI. Again, find us on Facebook at Another Mother Runner. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles.